Great morning, huh? Holy Ghost is here. Breakthrough morning. Oh, my God. It's a breakthrough morning this morning. Scares me. Scares me. God, Jesus, help us. I've got to pray for you in the blue shirt. I don't know your name or anything. Can I pray for you, sir? Is that all right? What was your name? Paul. Hey, Paul. I'm Jamie. Hey, good to see you, man. Father, thank you. Take your glass off, because whack, I'll whack your chest. It's just, oh, and your pen as well, man. There's going to be ink. Father, thank you for Paul. Thank you for Paul, God. I thank you for Paul. I see the uh, fence around you. I see it coming down, Paul. I see a fence that's helmed you in. <laughs> I see it coming down. I see you running forward. I see you running ahead. I see the wind at your back, not the wind in your face. I see you looking up, not looking down. I see your eyes open, your eyes not closed. I see a rod in your back that's strengthening you, not to hinder you, but it's to strengthen you, says the Lord. I'll lift you up. I'll hold you up. I'll keep you up, Paul. <laughs> and I'll show you my glory. Father, I thank you for him. Thank you for your touch on his life, God. I thank you for strength and newness of life in his spirit. Strengthen him with power in his spirit, Father God. Strengthen him with power in his spirit by your Holy Spirit, Father God. Strengthen him for the things he needs to do that nobody needs to hear about, the things that he's facing that nobody needs to know or hear about God. He knows, and you know God, and that's all that matters. I see you taking the hand of God, Paul. I see you taking God's hand today. It's a breakthrough day for you, my friend. I see you taking the hand of God today. I see you not doing it before, but I see you doing it today. I see before your hand's empty, but today I see you taking the hand of God, and you say, well, I'll give this one last try. I'll give this one last try. Well, I can give this one last try. Father, I thank you for your touch from heaven. A powerful day for Paul, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good. Good. Nobody else look at me or I'll prophesy over it. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Hey, it's a good morning. Uh, oh, we're starting off the Beatitudes. High clock. Oh, it is. It is high, isn't it? Way up there. Um, we're going to talk about Beatitudes. My iPad broke. I'm using my phone, so excuse me. Uh, I blame my kids, my son, Bloomin', what do you call that game where you build stuff? Ugh. I blame that. But uh, this morning's going to be a fun morning. You've, you've just, man, I've got to pray for you guys too. Oh my God, this is crazy. This is, uh, I was praying for you uh, this morning, last night, over the week, a few different times. And I felt like God's built this place. He's built the outside, now he's going to build the inside. And then I, as I was thinking about it, I remembered, and I had to check with Hartley, you guys just bought this place. And you go, congratulations, right? You guys just bought this place. It's huge. And I felt God say to me that I, I've built the outside, now I'm going to build the inside. But it's funny. It was a funny thing. It's almost like you built the outside, now I can build the inside. It's a funny thing. It was like you built the outside. Thanks for all your work building the outside. Now I can build the inside. And I felt like uh, these guys, Pastor Nat and Pastor Hartley in particular, are going to take people from places and put them into different places. So can I just say this this morning? I'll, I'll preempt it if it happens. I, I think it's from God. That if, if you see the pastors give you a call and say, we're going to take you out of serving there and going to put you into serving there. I did that on purpose because I think some people are going to be moved from higher places to lower places. Don't freak out. 
This message is going to help you this morning. Don't freak out. I'm just saying this ahead of time. God knows what he's doing, and he knows how to build his church. So I believe that you're going to be taken from places of servanthood into other places of servanthood, places of rule into places of lower servanthood. But do not freak out. God knows what he's doing and building his church. Is that all right? I just preempted it so life's easy for you guys. They didn't say anything to me, but, you know, God knows what he's doing. Okay, this morning, this message is called The Most Dangerous Person on Earth. (laughs) We're talking about humility. The most dangerous person on earth. Get understanding this morning. I sometimes go to church and I don't understand the message. My fault, because, you know, our preachers are great. But lock in this morning. Jesus said, take heed how much you hear. In other words, he said, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. In other words, you decide how much you hear. You decide how much faith you have, how much revelation you, you get. It's up to you. It's up to you. Uh, Proverbs 4.7 says this, and all you're getting, get understanding. In the parable of the sower, the seed, when it's sown onto a hard surface, the Bible says that's like someone who hears the word but doesn't understand it. And then the Bible says the devil comes and steals it away. Jesus is teaching on this. If you don't understand it, the devil comes, steals it away. And then it goes through all the other different types of seed going onto different soil. And right down the bottom, it says, but the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it, and it produces an incredible crop. If you don't understand it, the devil comes in and steals it. If you understand it, it produces an incredible crop. What is the difference? you understanding it. What's Jesus saying? He's saying the devil can't steal what you understand. So understand this this morning. And I'm going to break this down as much as I can because talking about humility sounds really wussy to me. I don't know about you, some of you guys. Really? Message on humility, really? Sounds really wussy. It's not. It's really, really powerful. So I want you to jump on this. Let's go. The most dangerous person on earth. I was up at the uh, conference. The, um, somehow I sneaked in to the um, leaders, uh, leadership conference of all our pastors all over the, uh, the country, uh, up north. It was in, in, in Queensland. And uh, I was spending lunchtime talking to a friend of mine called Brendan Giles, who's the pastor of a church up in um, Cairns. And I, was, and I had to talk this out to him because I've been on this journey with God and God brought it up in me when I was at this conference, talking about who's the most dangerous person on earth to the devil? Who does the devil consider the most dangerous person on earth? Is it someone that goes to church? It's not someone who goes to church. And I was saying this to Josie, my friend. I said, I said, God keeps on putting it in me. Who's the most dangerous person on earth? Who's the most dangerous person on earth? Who is it? And uh, I said, is it someone who goes to church? And we're talking about it. We're going, no, it's not that. And then, and then we said, well, is it someone who reads the Bible? And come on, it's not someone just reads the Bible. Is it somebody who just prays? And it's not, it's not just... Someone who praises the Lord, that is incredible. And we're talking about all these different things. And God really showed me very, very clearly that it's this. And I said it straight to him. I said, the most dangerous person on earth is the person that seeks God like crazy and does exactly what he says. If you were the devil, who would you find the most dangerous person on earth to be? I could handle a churchgoer. I could handle someone who reads the Bible now and again, but someone who seeks the throne of heaven like crazy and then does whatever God says, now that is the most dangerous person on earth. And that's what this message is all about. D.L. Moody, he was a, um, 
He was a uh, revivalist in the late 1800s in America. I remember studying him in Bible college, and he saw, they believe, around a million people get saved, which is a lot in the late 1800s, a lot of people. It's a lot now. And he said this quote, and I say this to myself probably, probably every single day in my prayer life. And it's his quote. He said this, The world is yet to see what God can do with a man who's fully committed to him. And he did incredible things. And he said, the world is yet to see what God can do with a man who's fully committed to him. Who whatever he is, he goes, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that, God. Whatever I hear from you, let's do it. Dr. Cho, the guy who's got the biggest church in the world by far. Like, by far. He's got a million people in the church. How many have you got? You know, and the next guy's, I don't know, what have they got? 200,000 in South America or something? A million people. He's really showing off. I remember when he came and he spoke at Oxford Falls. It's like everyone's just terrified of this guy. He's like, you know, this powerhouse. It was freaky. He's got a million people in the church. He's got a police force, I think, doesn't he, that helps organize. It's like a city, million people. There's 50,000 people in each service. And they just go in and out, roll up, next light comes in, comes in. Imagine going, now that's a pain to go to church. You think it's a pain to go to church? That's a pain. Anyway, million people in church. And he gets up in front of us all. I'll do the accent because I enjoy it. And, um, and, uh, and he said, people ask me. No, I won't. Oh, yeah, I will. Um, he said, people ask me, how do I grow the biggest church in the world? He says, two things, pray and obey. He said, that was it. Pray and obey. I see God like crazy, and I do exactly what he says. I went through a crazy time over the last couple of months. Wow, hit a wall. Boom. I wasn't going to say this. I'll just tell you. Hit a wall, crazy wall in my life. And I could not get my Christianity to move. Anyone had that? I couldn't get my Christian life to move. I'd hit a wall. Everything was just kind of, it felt dead. I couldn't get things to budge. I'm like, where are you, God? Where are you? You know, when things don't budge, we're always like, God, where are you? Things wouldn't. But messages I thought were dry. I didn't like my messages I had anymore. Didn't like any of them. Chucked them all out. God, they're all hopeless. I was getting so angry and so frustrated with everything. And my prayer life, God, I don't like that. And I can't read your word anymore. It doesn't make any sense. Just mad at God. Nothing was working. And uh, I went down to D.Y. Headland and I was praying. And God spoke to me. It was a whole situation. I'm, I'm writing a book on it at the moment about potter and the clay. But he said one thing very, very clearly in it. He said, Jamie, you don't know what you're facing. And I knew as soon as he said that, he was talking about, and I don't want to get weird, but he was talking about spiritual powers. He said, you've got no idea what you're facing. And I'm not the type of person who really gets into that kind of thing. But he said, you've got no idea what you're facing. He said, the only way to get victory is to do exactly what I tell you to do. And it was something... If I could say one thing out of my life that I'd lost, it was that. I didn't hang on every word that God said and say, I'm doing that. I'm doing that. I'm doing that. Okay, I've got to move on. I'm going to get caught up in that. Okay, flow with me. Flow with me. The most dangerous person on earth. I'm hoping by the end of the day, we are going to leave. Because this is, for me, this is, at the moment, this is the most important message that exists on the face of the earth. For me, at the moment, I believe today, we're, you know, you, you can possibly leave this place being the most dangerous person on the face of the earth. The devil goes, oh, man, don't preach that. I can't tell you how hard it was to put this together. Mark, God. Okay. <sighs> Matthew 5.3 says this, Blessed 
the most dangerous person on earth. Blessed, blessed, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs. It belongs to them. Theirs, it's theirs. It belongs to them. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. When we first read this, it's very easy to jump on it and say, well, Jesus is saying blessed are humble people because they're all saved. That's absolutely not even slightly what Jesus was saying here. Blessed are all the humble people because they're saved. Otherwise, all humble people will be saved. Is Jesus saying that? Does he say they're eternal life? Does he say that they're saved? No, he doesn't. Jesus is specific about what he says. So let's have a look at exactly what he's saying. Jesus says, blessed. Let's break this down. Blessed, first of all. Blessed means basically happy. It means real happy. Real happy. That's what this means here. Happy. Amplified says, happy to be envied. You're so happy that people look at you and they go, oh my gosh, I'd love to be you. That's how happy this makes you to be poor in spirit. Crazy, right? Happy to be envied. Spiritually prosperous. Crazy. Spiritual poverty makes you spiritually prosperous. 